Obviously. On the prompt. You cannot turn real life into Helvetica. Welcome to the prompt. A weekly panel discussion on technology and the culture surrounding Apple and related companies. It is June 4th, 2014. Welcome back to the world's greatest podcast, where two-thirds of this episode is being recorded live in San Francisco. My name is Mike Curley. I am joined in person by Mr. Stephen Hackett. Hello, Mike. How are you? I can touch your arm. Please don't do that. And also coming in over Skype, over the airways from the beautiful place of Italy, Mr. Federico Battici. Hey, guys. Hey, Federico. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you too? I'm very well. I'm so happy that you're here, Federico, with us in spirit. We thank you. I have my uh, my iPad just has your face on it, and it's sitting in the chair next to me. That's not creepy at all. It's not really true either. So just off the top, I want to thank New Relic for helping us out today. So me and Stephen are in New Relic's offices, and we're recording this show. Um, and they've been able to help us out get get set up. So thank you so much to New Relic for helping us today. Um, and we're going to basically just talk about the keynote. So we're recording a couple of days after. I think we've had a little bit of time for things to settle in. Um, WWDC 2014 has been huge for announcements. We had a two-hour keynote on Monday. Federico, where did you watch the keynote? Where? Yeah. Uh, in, in my room. Were you on the beach? No. <laughs> were you in the bathroom? I no, I wasn't with Turbo. I was uh, back home just watching the keynote. I tried to, you know, actually, I wanted to stream the video on my iMac, which I haven't turned on in, like, um, last summer. So um, I wanted to log into my iMac, but now my wireless keyboard uh, is connected to my MacBook Air. So uh, I didn't have time to, to remember, and now I feel bad because Steven is going to teach me a lesson. Um, I, I couldn't type my password into my iMac. Federico. So I just, I just <laughs> gave up. <laughs> I'm you, sorry. So you, there's a, what do you, why couldn't you type? I don't understand. Be- because my keyboard was configured with my, with my um, MacBook Air. What, the Bluetooth keyboard was connected to my MacBook Air. Because and I, it's and broken. I, yes. It's a cycle and of I, failure. And I didn't know in the login screen how to connect the keyboard to my iMac instead. Mm. So I didn't know how to type my password. So I just <laughs> turned off the iMac again. You just gave up. Yeah, I just gave up and used uh, a second monitor in my <laughs> MacBook Air. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah, uh, Mike and I were lucky enough. We went over to uh, Twitter and watched. It was a lot of fun. Hung out with a bunch of nerds. And, um, you know, it was a lot of developer types in town who aren't necessarily attending the conference, let alone the keynote. And so it's... You know, people were like cheering, like I think fist pump guy wasn't there, but like his brother, like double uh, hands in the air while screaming mm-hmm. guy was there. I was sitting behind David Barnard from um, Contrast. And when they uh, announced like the iCloud drive and the extension stuff, <laughs> I could like feel his excitement just like emanating from outside of him. It was fun. So Federico, I think it's, we should jump into things. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, you guys have been talking to a lot of people, developers, I guess. People who benefit directly from the announcements at the keynote. So what, what do you guys think? What, what are the people saying about, about the announcements? There, what's, what's the vibe? There's a lot of excitement. You know, there's 
obviously a, a wide range of people here. Uh, people like us who don't really do anything for a living and then people who, you know, make their money on the app store. And there's just a lot of excitement and a lot of, you know, we, we talked about it even a couple of weeks ago of sort of the feeling of like negativity that's been in the kind of in our community over a lot of, over a lot of things. And Apple didn't address all of those things, but I think they addressed a lot of them. And, you know, I think people are just like ready to get back to work and, and start, start making cool stuff. Well, I mean, you know, a lot of these conversations happen in bars and stuff. So people tend to be quite open <laughs> about the way that they feel. And, and I think Federico, I would agree, like, it just seems that everyone seems really excited. So last year, so this is my second WWDC. And last year, everyone was like, talking about the new look and about background notifications and stuff like that. And we're like, oh, this is how we can implement this into our application. But all the conversations I'm seeming to have this year are people thinking about new things to make, not like, oh, this is how it's going to make X app better. It's like, this is a brand new idea that I think I might be able to do now. It's a new, sort of a new generation. We're going to get into all the details in a second, but I kind of feel like it's it's a new era. And I think not only from like the Apple, like corporate perspective, but like developers, like we can build things now that were literally impossible before Monday. And it's like a whole, like a whole new set, a whole new range of ideas is now possible. And especially the, the, the impression that I got watching the, the keynote and just, you know, there's been a lot of talk about the confidence uh, that, that, that was shown by, uh, Craig Federighi on stage, and besides being a great presentation, uh, just I just love the like the style and and the jokes and everything. I, I also got the the like the idea that Apple that Apple knows that they've been, you know, they've been basically the the past year just getting a lot of criticism and and, and you know a lot of negative feedback from from. In, in the iOS community about this new design and about the, you know, the accessibility issues and all the, you know, some of the, the questions and concerns about the new look of iOS 7. And now this year, instead, it's not about the look, it's about, like, here's what you can do. Here's some new technology stuff that you can use to make better apps and to make new apps and to, and to make faster apps because we also have a new language. It's just, you know, it's like, it's, it's been like a, a developer Christmas, basically. Developer Christmas. That is, that's maybe the best thing. Title. You, you, uh, you, you touched on something, Federico, that I know that everybody's talking about, but I do want to talk about it, which is Craig Federighi. Like, he was incredible. Yeah, I was reminded... Um, this, you know, the other night someone was talking about at the back to the Mac event, I guess in what, 2010, 2011, he demoed lion and his like hand is like shaking on yeah. the mouse and yeah, clearly, yeah, I mean, this, this transformation of Federighi on stage has been going on for quite a few events now, yeah. but I guess Monday we really saw like, like the final form of he did, Craig Federighi. Like he even joked about it, right? He did everything. He did. Yeah. So I was talking to someone in Apple about this uh about the fact that phil schiller was on the stage because i know that this was steven said that this looked weird to him yeah but they see it as schiller does products that's how they see it now and federico is responsible for all software products equals hardware so yeah considering this was all software that's why it was all federico so if they like the reason that we had schiller last year was because of the mac pro and that if they would have had hardware 
on Monday, Schiller would have been there. But they see Federighi as the guy who talks about software. But like, I love the tone and the way that, um, like the entertainment value and like the self sort self deprecating jokes that they do and like the chainsaw joke right with the hair thing (laughs) and like calling Dr. Dre and all of that is just entertainment, which makes sense because. This is something that is intended to be seen by the entire planet, like which is why like Tim Cook explained what an SDK was. Yeah, which was a little painful. You know, I, I think you know Steve Jobs obviously one of the greatest presenters of his generation, definitely you know generations on either side as well. Um, and I think Federighi's really stepped up, and it's a very different style. Clearly, you know, it's it's. Uh, Jobs had humor in his presentations, but it was about products, not about people necessarily. It was always serious and like this yeah. is changing the world. It was world. like an intellectual humor. Yeah. And Federighi's backstage with the chainsaw going to his head. Like the bits. They're yeah. making bits. Yeah. Well, it also helps that this, the stuff that Federighi was assigned to present is actually so interesting and so exciting. So it's not like Federighi is announcing the most boring software update ever. Right. So so I guess the announcements help. But yeah, he's, he's become a great presenter. On I think he really, I think Tim Cook was overshadowed by it. I mean, Oh, he really is now. Um, no, Tim Cook is just the CEO guy who, you know, comes he's in at not, the beginning. He's not the DJ. The I feel like yeah. customer sat is becoming a, like a, a, like I feel like they're doing it ironically now. Like he yeah. says it ironically. <laughs> Because he mentioned it like a few times, and like it, it's something that's made fun of so much that at this point, they have he's, to make, he's making a choice to do it. Like it's not like he's accidentally saying it; he's making the choice to continue to keep saying it. Yeah. When when he said "customer set," I just imagined people inside inside the, the inside their conference room just looking at each other awkwardly. Yeah. No. It, it, I mean, it happened at where well, we were watching the keynote. People were like, "Ooh!" Like it's kind of like yeah. a groan. I think there was a cheer. <laughs> it's like bingo, customer sat guy. <laughs> um, so yeah, so let's let's start moving into um, a little bit kind of overview. But before we do that, but before we do that, we should probably thank our first sponsor for this week's episode. What do you think, guys? Let's do it. Yeah, <laughs> someone's on Skype. Let's take a moment to thank uh, Linda.com. Uh, for helping support this week's episode of The Prompt. You know, Linda, they have 2,000 high-quality and engaging video courses taught by industry experts with new courses added every single day. Linda helps anyone learn creative software and business skills to achieve personal and professional goals whenever and wherever you want. Their wide breadth of courses from beginner to advanced makes it easy to learn something new, no matter what level you may be at. Lynda.com makes it a breeze to learn whenever and wherever you want, on your computer, tablet, or mobile device. Each course is structured so you can learn from start to finish, or just jump on to find a quick answer. They give you access to not only searchable transcripts so you can quickly find information within a course, but also closed caption transcripts so you can follow along with the video too. I want to make it clear, these are not house-made, homemade how-tos, like the kind that you're going to find on YouTube, right? With a guy who's put, who's like pointing his iPhone at his computer screen. That's not what happens here. Linda provides high-quality video production from the state from their state-of-the-art studios that they work in. Their videos include animations and diagrams, as well as downloadable content and project templates that really make sure that you truly understand what you're learning and the instructors are accomplished professionals at the top of their fields and they all have a true passion for teaching and that shines through in their work. 
Lynda.com has only one low monthly price for $25, which provides unlimited access to their entire course library. Lynda.com offers a variety of instruction courses for all levels that cover a wide range of technical skills, creative techniques, business strategies, and more. They have they have courses on absolutely everything. They have software development and software stuff. Like maybe you want to learn a bit more about Pro Tools, Final Cut Pro, something like that. I think I should take the Pro Tools one. We're recording on Pro Tools here and I'm terrified of it. So maybe I should take that course. Um, They also have a lot of Apple specific stuff. And I'm really, I was thinking about this because being here this week and seeing Swift, which is obviously the new programming language, is really making me think about, I want to try and build an app. Like I want to just give that a go. So the, the place that I thought of first is to go to Linda. So I'm going to go there, I'm going to take a look at some of the stuff that they've currently got, and I can't wait for them to have their videos on Swift, which I'm sure will be coming later in the year, because now seems like the perfect time, if you're interested in app development, to get into it. And I think the perfect place to start is to go to Linda.com. And here's the cool part. Linda.com is giving you, listeners of the prompt, a special offer to access their entire library free for seven days to make sure that it suits you. And I'm sure it will. Go now to Linda.com slash the prompt to try Linda for free for seven days. That's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash the prompt. So thank you to Linda.com for supporting 5x5 and the world's greatest podcast. I don't think I said it at the start, so I'm going to say it again. The world's greatest podcast. So we want to just sort of do broad overviews today we're gonna we're gonna come back and paint with a finer brush in the coming weeks um including with some some special guests that we're trying to line up um but we thought we'd start with with ios 8 you know federico i thought i thought a lot well i always federico i always think a lot about you just <laughs> during you. my day but um a lot of stuff on ios and i think a lot more than i was expecting um it, they're really opening some things up to some user customization in some ways that I did not think they were going to do. So kind of what, what, what did you walk away with? Well, um, basically, during the announcements, um, uh, I, I really, much of the stuff that I saw, I really couldn't believe like, that Apple was actually announcing those things. And I'm referring to extensions and third-party keyboards. Yeah. And so after the keynote was uh, was over, my my first reaction was to go back to my wish list and to to see all the stuff that I was hoping for that actually was delivered during the keynote. And my takeaway is that I'm extremely happy because I really, I mean, every year I I you know I collect some wishes and like 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 the post says, it's not a, it's not a prediction. It's it's a series of you know stuff that I would like to see on iOS, and this year, it's it's it was surprising for me because uh, not only do we get improvements like messages for you know the the group messaging controls and new Safari stuff and you know the usual improvements that I'm, that Apple brings, we get major stuff like basically the, the the spiritual successor to services for OS ten as extensions on iOS and we get a way to install keyboards and and this is interesting because um, I was thinking about this and, and I guess that maybe last year Apple clearly needed to you know to build a new foundation for iOS to 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 clean up the mess that I, that that iOS six had become you know not just from a from a point of view of design but also from uh, a point of view of use of color of animations of motion and layering and, and context when switching between apps so last year was really 
they needed to clean up the the, the basics and this year they're they are delivering the goods basically really they're, they're giving new new technologies to to not just be more productive on iOS, but also to remove friction from the experience, and and, and this has been like a, a big focus of the of the event, not just doing more stuff, not just being more productive when using an iOS device, but also being, I guess, less annoyed by by some stuff like yeah, you you don't have to switch between apps or you don't have to reopen an app manually on on your Mac. You can pick up calls and and for me the big theme was the removal of friction from the experience and and that's awesome. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a really uh, a good way to frame a lot of what they've done is you know something as simple as I have um you know an image and I've got to save it to the ca- <clears throat> sorry. I have an image and I save it to the camera roll four different times as I move it through four different apps. And now I can just pull parts of those apps as I need them to apply the filters or whatever I want. Um, and it's, they're doing it in a way that, you know, extensions are, are the spiritual cousin of, you know, uh, contracts. Uh, contracts is on Android, Mike. Uh, no, contracts in, in is, is Android. Android. Contracts, contracts is, is Windows. Phone. Yeah. Wow, we know this. Me and Federico know this. You guys corrected me at the same time. That's that's <laughs> with the same words. It's all new. It's epic follow up. Um, and so you know they they haven't reinvented the wheel anywhere, but it it is um it is interesting. What I worry about, honestly, though, guys, is that when you add flexibility, you add complexity. Do you think people will understand that they can use like Visco filters in the camera app now, or do you think people will get that? Oh, I, well, see, like, they get used to it because I mean the the benefit is kind of obvious, right? I mean, as soon as you as you see somebody doing it, why would you do it any other way? I mean, it's it's more convenient. My worry with a lot of these things, and this is like something I think that's been a problem of iOS for a long time, is as they add these huge new features in, they don't necessarily redesign a function of the OS to make sense with it. Like, they're just bolting these features onto the way it previously looked. My hope is, and, I, and I've been talking to a lot of people about this, like, is that we have, we got iOS 7 to enable iOS 8, and that the design of iOS 7 was done in such a way that iOS 8 would make sense. Because if yep. you think now, like, what they've done this year is so much bigger than what they did last year. And what they, what they did last year was just change the way everything looked. In regards to functionality... There was some cool stuff, but there's nothing like what they've added this year. Right. It feels like this is two years of functions. Like if you look, four thousand new APIs. It seems like too much. Like it's so much stuff. So I feel like iOS seven was designed as a groundwork for iOS eight, which Apple probably should have made clear. I think. Well, they're not going to make it clear on the front end. They're not going to say because what do you say last year? Hey, we redesigned it, but we have a lot of. Cool stuff coming next year. I mean, they're not, they're never going to say that. In hindsight, it's easy to connect the dots, and yeah. I have a a couple points to make about OS ten when we get there. I'm sure that you do in that regard. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Seven was a stepping stone to this, and it you see the way these things work, and and parts of the interface make a lot of sense. Even down to and it's it's probably dumb, but like even like trying to get developers to go to a, a you know an interface that's white, that's very flat, that makes pulling elements of different apps into each other easier if apps kind of look like they're in the same family. I mean, can you imagine if if this stuff was done on iOS 6 
you'd have like like a, 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 a metal calculator on top of a wooden library bookshelf. <laughs> I mean, that, that would have been crazy, right? Whereas the, the new look of iOS, of iOS 7 and iOS 8 allows apps to, to be more, not only consistent uh, with, you know, with themselves, but also with each other, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it doesn't look, it doesn't look ugly. That's basically the, the reason why I think this uh, uh, extension stuff was, um, was done now instead of two years, uh, yeah. two years ago. Federico, what do you think this means for X callback URL? That's a, that's a good question because it I, I I'm I'm gonna give a I'm gonna give a double answer. Um. <laughs> of course you are. That's not fair. <laughs> I'm gonna say one so, thing and then the opposite thing. No, <laughs> there's a simple question and there's the longer question and, and the, the the simple answer and the longer answer. So the, the it means that for simple tasks like sending a web page from Safari to drafts or from Safari to, I don't know, a text editor. You no longer need to compose the URL scheme with JavaScript and other hacks because that basic functionality should be done in theory with, with an app extension, with, a, with, a, with, a, with an action, that's the name. Mm-hmm. The basic stuff like get this piece of content into this app. The more advanced aspect of uh, X callback URLs, the automation stuff, the, the, the connecting of multiple apps together in a single workflow, that doesn't seem to be, to be available in the app extensions. It's not like you can build an extension, an extension to chain four apps to collaborate on a single task with a single workflow, with a single command, with a single extension. So for advanced users who want to, and this is actually something that Apple still recommends, if you go watch the sessions, they clearly say that if you want to do workflows, you gotta use URLs. So for advanced users who want to connect multiple apps together for a workflow, use X callback should be fine. But the great news is that the basic features, because not everybody who wants to be productive needs to chain four or five apps together, right? The basic functionality of, you know, doing stuff with less app switching, that's covered by extensions, and that's great news. It was, I can't remember who it was that said this to me. It was either underscore or power slider. Uh, <laughs> I, I was talking about, about you because everybody uh, is talking about the X callback URL of us and everybody's referring to you with this. Like when we were watching the uh the actual keynote in the room and they I said when they showed like the iCloud thing, I was like, Federico's gonna love this. And like I heard like a <laughs> bunch of people just start laughing. Uh so it was one of those guys I believe that said to, I was talking to him about this and about how I thought that you're gonna love all of this stuff. So like the iCloud document picker and the extent like all the extensions because it will reduce the amount of work that you have yeah. to do to get things to work and he said to me will he though because i actually think he enjoys the hacking of this stuff <laughs> so are you happy yeah. that you don't that now the the a lot of these things will be done automatically or are you kind of sad that now you won't be chaining 25 apps together <laughs> to get iftt to show up in group me 
Well, uh, okay. So from uh, from um, from a geek's perspective, there's a there's an undeniable fun in you know building this stuff, and and that's not going away if, like I said, you you want or need to connect multiple apps for some reason. The great news is that, I mean, um, I guess I, I'm not really sad. I'm super excited because the fact that the basic, it's, I mean, it's not like I'm spending all my days chaining apps just like I make coffee, you know? It's not like it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's something that I do every single minute. Uh, I'm, the I'm the fact sure that the basic you. functionality can be done with extensions is it's so important because, um, because extensions are native and they can do more powerful stuff than, than, a, than a, a URL scheme. I mean, extensions can have an interface. Extensions can access the full web page in Safari. I mean, there's so much potential for the, for the kind of access that you get with an extension that a single URL scheme can, could, could never replicate. So, I mean, if, if I need to, to build a workflow for, you know, chaining apps, that, that can still be done. But um, I guess that the benefits of, the, of, uh, of extensions overshadow the, the nostalgia <laughs> of uh, x back I think what I'm starting to realize is, and I think we knew this anyway, and it makes me very happy that Apple, happy that Apple have done this for us, is we do not have enough time in one episode to talk about everything that happened today. So like yeah. I'm looking at our outline and I've got like a bunch of things that I pulled out from iOS 8, right? So some big stuff that changed. Messages, keyboard, iCloud Drive, continuity. Federico, pick one of those and we'll talk about that right now and then we'll see where we go. Because we have way too much. Like we haven't even got to OS 10 yet. We haven't even got to all the API stuff. Like there's which is great because it means that we have months of show content. So what do you want to talk about, Federico, out of those? What do you find the most interesting right now? iCloud Drive. Okay. Why do you like what what excites you about iCloud Drive? Because it's um because it's both a change of uh, of statement from Apple and also a way of listening to the to how people actually think about computers and think about documents and and like to work with documents and files and folders. It's like having spoken to some guys here. I was talking to uh, Tom and Dan at Studio Neat, and they were looking through some of the documentation. And their understanding is, and I've had other people say the same: anybody can be a document provider now. Like it's not yeah. just iCloud Drive. That's one of them. But there's like this document picker. So, like for example, you could go into Instagram, choose an image, and open it from Flickr, and put the Flickr image into Instagram. Like yes. When I was on Android for a few months, this was maybe the best thing. Was the uh, the ability that you could get data from anywhere and post it to anything. That's what I loved. And and they're bringing it now. Yeah, it it opens what I'm excited about is it opens iOS to to the internet in a way that that it hasn't before, you know, Dropbox like I think all three of us use Dropbox basically as our file system these days. And it's Dropbox is a silo on iOS. Like I can go in there and I can find my document and I can open in, but then I get a copy and then I got to put it somewhere else. And having all this stuff in what's basically a file system on iOS that is extensible out to all these services is really interesting. And, you know, we've been reading and talking with some guys and it seems like it's really open. You know, Apple's 
screenshots during the keynote and, and doing some other things have been like OneDrive or SkyDrive, whatever whatever they call uh, whatever the Microsoft okay. thing is called today, and then Box.net. But it seems like it's flexible past those services. Yeah, I mean clearly everybody was expecting to see a Dropbox icon in the in the document picker. Mm-hmm. And also it's interesting to to uh, in parallel with uh the the new document storage and picker stuff on iOS, there's also the Finder Sync extension for OS 10. Uh which I understand it's pronounced uh, Yosemite. Is that correct, guys? Yeah, Yosemite. Or, or we could go with Yosemite or Yo, Yosemite. <laughs> I will leave. I'm just going to walk out of the studio. OSX Yosemite. That's what I'm going so, with. So basically on the, on the new OS stand. Steven looks like he wants how... to kill me right now. He's looking like <laughs> on... angrily into my eyes. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> on the new OS stand, there's, a, there's also a Finder Sync extension that basically allows um, developers to easily build... Um, remote file storage with Finder um, folder. Um, basically, it allows developers to put badges, like the Dropbox green and red badges, mm-hmm. on top of folders without doing the crazy hacking that Dropbox needed to do uh, on OS 10 so far. So clearly, Apple has been thinking about ways to allow other storage providers to integrate easily with iOS and OS 10. Um, for iCloud Drive, um, I am excited because, um, because I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's the way, it's uh, the sort of document manager, management system that makes sense, you know, to just look into, uh, to just have a grid of apps as folders and you pick a document and the document can be transferred across applications and applications don't uh, create unnecessary copies. So they can write over the same file and yeah. and and th- and that's I mean that's great for me because that's the way that I that I always wanted iCloud to to work really and especially because it's I mean the the document picker can be uh, can be available in any app and then on the desktop I got a I got a, a Finder section but I also have questions because um I wonder if like you said, Stephen, we use Dropbox as our file system, and Dropbox has uh, many advantages that iCloud doesn't have, like um, you can share files, you can share entire folders, and you have permissions for people who can access your files, and you can do, you can see the versions with a, with a, you know, with the restore feature. So is iCloud gonna have these features too? Because I have become kind of dependent on these mm. features. And so I am excited about iCloud Drive, but also I'm not sure if it's going to be enough to switch from Dropbox. Yeah, I mean, there's no telling. It's Apple's been very vague. They've been vague about the pricing. It seems like the pricing has become a lot is going to become a lot more aggressive for this stuff. Um, but I think iCloud Drive and the Document Picker and everything it's really going to be something that evolves as third party developers get in there and figure out what it can do. You know, it's going to start assumingly this fall relatively simply and i think it will only get better um is it going to replace something like dropbox or if you use microsoft services maybe not on day one but i wouldn't rule it out long term that if it is open as it as it seems that um it is uh you know it's going to be going to be interesting so here's something that I, I, I want to go back to, Federico, that you mentioned. You know, you were saying about the ways that people can get files, right? So you've got like 
you can either so when you're in the iCloud document picker, you can take a file from another app and copy it, or you can write to the original file, right? That's saved in iCloud. Mm-hmm. Apparently, in the documentation for the iCloud document picker, there is a warning about how difficult it is to implement, and there's all these different th- different things you have to do to do like the the writing to the original file. Like Apple was putting a warning in there, basically saying this is really hard. And these are the things you have to follow if you want to do this properly, because they've their whole thing is about how secure they have maintained this, and because of that, it is difficult to implement. And I think they've made it difficult by design, so people don't abuse it. Yeah, no casual file editing. Yeah, like yeah, I mean, of course they're of course they're putting a warning because they want to reinforce the idea of you know. We have the sandboxing model and exactly. our platform is, is secure. But I mean, if you go to the website, on the public website, you get all these. I mean, it's it's repeated multiple times that uh, iCloud Drive doesn't create multiple copies. Every app can write to the same file, so you don't end up with duplicates. So the on the public uh, aspect, they're making a big deal out of the fact that you don't have copies of the same file anymore. And on the documentation, they're, they're being, oh, you know, you should be careful. <laughs> and yeah. uh, I, I mean, that makes sense because to, to developers, they can be, you know, a little more uh, realistic, I guess. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for this. Oh, there's, this there's this part of me that's like, well, am I going to continue to use Dropbox, right? So there's the photo stuff we're going to get to in a bit. Photos is one of the main reasons. I have two reasons for Dropbox. It's my file system and my photo management solution. My photos mm-hmm. management solution is going to move to iCloud because what they're offering is exactly what I need. Mm-hmm. Will I want to put my files into this instead now? Because the benefits, right? So yeah, the Dropbox will integrate with the uh, document pickers. So you'll be able to get your Dropbox stuff wherever. But the difference is like the iCloud stuff, it will all be automatically updating, right? From device to device. Like it feels like that that would maybe be for like a more cohesive environment that would make the most sense. So I don't know. And plus the pricing of iCloud Drive and iCloud is so much cheaper than Dropbox. And it doesn't look like Dropbox are willing to change it. Yeah. And beyond the file stuff, I mean, a lot of what Apple has been talking about this week puts iCloud sort of making iCloud almost more required if you want to get the most out of your devices. You know, not only from like the file management perspective of, yes, you can do your photos and like that really does look like a great solution. And even though it's coming to the Mac beginning of 2015, which seems like a long ways off, some really interesting stuff going on there. But looking at like OS 10 and the continuity stuff, like you basically have to have an iCloud account signed in active turned on on your phone in this new world to get a bunch of the benefits of the platform and and you know apple forever right like apple's stance is we make the hardware we make the software we make the services and together that's like the solution that we are selling is the one thing and i really feel like they're going really hard down that road this year and in the future i only expect them to to continue yeah, and to 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 add uh, a thought to the document picker and Mike, I wanted to to tell you that basically now there's a because everybody can be a storage provider, 
uh, I don't think it's crazy to assume that Google will do a Google Drive integration for uh, you know documents. That would be amazing. Yeah, yeah, it'd be that, nice. That, that would be like you know, just maybe there'll be just, other apps that can write to Google Drive documents. Yeah, I mean, there's all 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 kinds of possibilities now that you know with with the with the extensions and with the with the document uh, pickers and storage providers. There's a it it it's so massive of a change for iOS because I mean we've been used to uh, you know opening menus and duplicate files and uh, closed sandbox yeah. and we've been used to this stuff for uh, over five years. And now it's all different, and and yeah, I'm, I'm, it's a, it's an exciting change, and also about time finally. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to talk about anything else burning with iOS right now, or to, before we move on to OS ten? Like, I'm really excited about messages. It looks like that Apple were doing like they're basically giving us just enough to make messages the thing that we're going to use. Rather than any like things like group me, so like the do not disturb Federico. I'm sure you did a backflip when that happened, or for for like different groups. Um, I was I was really fist pumping alone. <laughs> you were a fist pump guy. Like the, the, it seems like messages has become like just enough to to, to be the, the solution. Like you know, really easy to put images, really easy to put videos, sound clips, that sort of stuff. Yeah, that's a phrase, Mike. You keep using this week, just in our conversations of just enough, and I think, you know. Apple historically, you know, they'll they'll have a feature or a service and they iterate on it over time. And, you know, sometimes they do it in big chunks like iOS 7 or the new iCloud stuff. But sometimes it's slower. But I think what Apple goes for is just enough where, you know, WhatsApp and GroupMe and Facebook Messenger and the thousand other messaging services, they'll survive this. They're going to be fine. But there's a lot of people who don't use those services. You're going to think messages is just like super awesome now and that's fine. But the people like us who use group me or whatever, the three of us use group me, um, that messages like it doesn't do a hundred percent of what group me does, but it does like the top 85% and that's enough. And you get the benefit of it being built in and you get the benefit of it syncing. If you use iCloud and it's, it's Apple kind of, they might not always check off everything on the feature list, but there's always like a bonus if you opt in and use whatever service it is. And that's where they, I mean, that's where Apple really excels at these things. You know, you can use an iPhone with iCloud turned off completely. It is not required, but it doesn't back up automatically. You don't get to sync your documents in the future. You don't get to do find my iPhone or find my friends. Like it functions without this stuff, but there's always an incentive for you to move into their further into their ecosystem. And I don't mean that in a cynical way at all. It's brilliant. And it's it's something that truly Apple is one of the only companies that pulls that off. Google does to an extent, right? You actually have to have a Gmail account using an Android phone. They actually push it a little bit further. Um, but it's, it's just, it's it's fascinating to me how the, they're, they're tightening the grip um, and they're tightening the connection in between hardware and software mainly with iCloud. I just wanted to say about the Messages app that the new attachments view is a total win. It's amazing. It's 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 such an obvious feature, but I, I, I installed iOS 8 on my iPod Touch. So I'm, I've been messaging with my mother today. She's been sending me pictures of my dog. 
and now I can see all the attachments in the conversation with 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 a, with a, with a layout that makes sense, and I'm so happy. Is it possible and to I'm clear probably, them out? Like, can you just delete them all? Uh, you can keep, you can remove the photos, or if you if you don't keep them, they disappear. That's good. You can decide the amount of time after. That's what you uh, want, after, you know. Because I have like a, a, this is a common thing. I have like 900 megabytes tied up in messages on my phone. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, so yeah, they they added this uh, settings to control the the expiration time for attachments. That's exactly what I want, right? So there's still so much to talk about on iOS. Um, yeah, but I really want to get to OS 10 and photos today as well. Um, are you Steven okay? is so happy. He's actually he's actually clenching his fists right now and like is he smiling i I guess he's smiling i actually don't think i've seen him this happy this week so (laughs) Stephen, me and federico are gonna go away for a moment why don't don't you tell everybody about os 10 os 10 so i mean it's no secret that we've been talking about a new ui for a long time and uh, they delivered it i've been dual booting i put yosemite on my machine um do not do it okay so we should have done this we should have done this right at the top whatever you do if you put one of these betas on your carry device and like i've been guilty of it i did ios 7 last year and it destroyed my phone like if you have a production machine do not do this yosemite's not ready ios isn't ready like don't be a dummy and fine print so yosemite really is um i think there was a lot of thought including in my own head that it was going to be uh, a visual overhaul, but basically the same when it comes to features. And that's kind of what happened. Where Yosemite picked up features is where iCloud and iOS pick up features. It's those intersections, those those touch points that connect all the services and software. Um, but I would say on the whole, Yosemite looks really good. The, the font change to Helvetica is really interesting. <clears throat> Said no one. Somewhere like my wife rolled her eyes. Once I made, you know, Helvetica, there's a documentary on the typeface. And I once made my wife watch it with me, and uh, it did not go well. Anyways, it's interesting. It's clearly designed for a retina display. So I, I put it on my MacBook Air, and it looks fine. Like, it's, it doesn't look gross like iOS 7 does on an iPad mini. But it's very clear that this is designed with, with a, an eye towards the future. It looks weird. Like, it just looks strange well, like you've it looked at the same thing since basically since yeah, leopard so it's, it's it's not as you would expect it yeah. just doesn't look like it just doesn't look like you would expect it to look there's yeah. like a strangeness to it and i think it comes from the font mainly yeah and it's not it is it does not feel at all like ios 6 to ios 7 and it, it looks like they just push fast forward on the os 10 design team for like four or five revisions like if they hadn't done this this is where os 10 would have ended up naturally I think over time, it, it it doesn't feel like a clean break. It feels like a fast-forwarded evolution. Like, the dock is still there. It looks better because it's nice and flat, and you don't get the weird 3D thing. Um, finder is still there. The sidebar is transparent. You still have window shadows. Like, you still have the stoplights, even though they, they work a little bit differently. It still looks, or still feels and works like OS X. The, the look is just updated. Clearly not done. I think, Mike, you, you and I opened the calculator this morning. Cause like, the <laughs> app icon looks like the iOS seven and eight calculator but it's still like the old brush metal one from like 2004 um the guy who worked on calculator like died years ago and no one noticed <laughs> it would just ship and there would just be no calculator yeah there'll be know. an icon and you'll open it and nothing will open yeah um so it's it's interesting i'm i'm excited about the new design i'm excited about what that could look like 
But what I'm really excited about is the continuity and handoff stuff that I can be sitting at my computer as, I mean, as an OS 10 based nerd, like I don't, you know, my OS devices are secondary to my Mac and I can make a phone call that I could send and receive SMS messages with my friends who use Android that I can do the things that during the workday I pick my iPhone up for without having to pick up my iPhone. And, you know, it's, it's only a benefit to the Mac. The Mac is a smaller platform. OS 10 is a lot smaller than iOS. Um, but it, it makes moving and you're talking about the halo effect. You knew we had that right. The, the listener a couple of weeks ago, maybe last week who wrote in saying that he felt like things like Launchpad and notification center made the Mac more iOS like, and that eased his transition to the Mac as he was a new user. That's only like tenfold more powerful now. It makes the iPhone more of a hub as well. Like the, the continuity things across iPhone, iPad and the Mac, like, the fact that you can just make, you can answer calls. You can get SMS text messages now on your Mac via your iPhone. You can uh, you can use it as a hotspot, like, and you can pick up different applications from like, oh, you're working on numbers here. We'll work on numbers there too. Like, it is making the your all of your devices. They it feels like that they're part of the same thing now, as opposed to like, right, this is on this thing. And now I have to move it to this thing. Now it's like, well, they're all connected. All of your data, your, your the way that you work is across all of your devices. It's like it's a cohesion. I love when on the stage you're like, and we're introducing continuity. And it's like, <laughs> do, you, do you understand how that sounds? <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh... Yeah, it's a funny, it's a funny name and, and there's confusion in the marketing terms, but I think at the end of the day, it's going to be, it, it means, you know, that you can start something on your iPhone, then move to your iPad and then go to your Mac and that all that is a lot more fluid. And that's, you know, we've all been there, right? Like where you're working on something on your iPad and you got to sit it down and go to your computer and you're like, oh God, where do I save it? Do I email it to myself? You know, it's like my default, right? Like I'm just going to email this document to myself and deal with it later. Um, and I think all that will, will make it a lot easier to move between them. And and ultimately that makes Apple as an ecosystem a lot stronger. You know, you can use, you can have a Mac and have an Android phone, but if you want to do really cool stuff, you got to have an iPhone with it. And that only, I mean, that, that serves Apple's interest as well as its users. And man, color me excited. And, and because this is, this stuff is going to be open to, to third party developers. It's interesting to imagine ways uh, that this technology could improve uh, many of the workarounds and hacks that we use today to achieve some sort of fast and invisible sync between mm-hmm. the different apps that we use. So I'm thinking about stuff like sharing the clipboard from your iPhone to your Mac or maybe sitting down at your Mac and finding TweetBot in the same spot that you had on your phone. So I guess that this kind of different approach to a continuous experience is uh, is interesting. And, and, and I'm wondering how developers will take advantage of it and if, they'll, if they will have enough time to, you know, to, to, to build a strong, uh, solid, reliable experience before September. Or if maybe all this, uh, you know, all, all this stuff will be, will be saved for, for the future, if maybe developers for September will only have to will will only want to uh, maybe rewrite some part of their apps with Swift or maybe create extensions, 
and uh, because it's too much right it's so yeah. much new stuff you gotta wonder if if uh, yeah. a single independent developer will have the time to adopt all these new technologies yeah a handful that i've talked to just you know again just getting coffee or something Swift especially is going to take, at least in the guys I've talked to, kind of take a little bit of a backseat for now and that they're going to yeah. get these features rolled out and then move on. Because at the end of the day, an end user is not ever going to know or probably care if you were written in C and Objective-C versus Swift. I care. Mike cares. I really care. Mike doesn't care. I, it's uh, Swift yeah, and I mean, it's not like Apple has, has, uh, has made Swift-only APIs. Right. So... Right now you're fine. Yeah, yeah, and you can you can have Swift code and Objective C code, right? Side by in, side. Yeah. 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 So something like I said that correctly, right? Yeah. So something like <laughs> like uh, Byword, you know, to a text editor that's on all three devices. Like, if it's written in Swift, but it doesn't do handoff, like, eh. handoff. Can Can I just say this today? Yes. I'm saying scripting language for iOS, uh, Swift environment on the iPad someday maybe next year it will be amazing writing code on the iPad with Swift yeah. in theory they would have because you can use it as a scripting language like, right? you, that would be it's, in mind when they were building it right because it, it only makes sense that if they're going to create a new programming language now that they would want it to be made in such a way that you could use it on iOS devices to write code you'd like to think yeah. right because that's potentially the future sure and you know I think we can leave the de- the technical details of Swift to people more aptly suited to talk about it, but it's clearly like all this other stuff. It's clearly designed with the future in mind, and absolutely, I can totally see a world where like you can write Swift code on your iPad, and the 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 playground feature, which is in Xcode now, that you can do that, and you can kind of run your thing around device and see how it works. It it's it's another example of you know Apple. They're doing stuff to today, thinking about tomorrow. Um, and so I guess I guess kind of we can wrap up the OS 10 stuff and then take a break. But Spotlight. Yeah, that's huge. Where, yeah. Sorry. That's, that, yeah. that's where I was going. You know, immediately I think I even joked about it, like, well, Alfred is sure locked and and I, I point Alfred out in, in you know, specifically because it's it's an app that I really enjoy and, and use heavily. So I so I like to kick them when they're down. Yeah, no, it's not that at all. I think the non-power pack, Alfred is probably in trouble. But you know, Spotlight's an example of Apple had something. Spotlight was introduced in ten point four Tiger. It's evolved, but very slowly. It's basically been the same since maybe like ten five or ten six. And it, they said, you know what? There's a lot of good alternatives out there. Let's see what they're doing. And they brought in things like Wikipedia search, image search. You can do a lot of web stuff in spotlight now but you can't run custom scripts or anything like i've got a bunch of bash scripts that i fire off in alfred all day and you can't do any of that with spotlight currently i love alfred but i won't use it anymore because spotlight does everything that i use alfred for and more right so i found apple's presentation fascinating when they said of course you can do simple old google search yeah, they kept saying that, didn't they? Or Doug yeah. Go, you can make that your default on both platforms now, which is yeah. interesting. So clearly, they, 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 the guys who buy some servers. <laughs> very subtly moving away from Google search. And not moving away, They're maybe trying just... trying to move away know, from dependency. Te- no, just telling people that Google search is not the future, maybe. Yeah. I mean, there's just 
you know, obviously bad blood between the companies. Long gone are the yeah. days where Eric Schmidt's on stage making jokes about winning an iPhone. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so again, with OS ten, we'll be coming back to it as as the months roll on. But you know, like iOS eight, I think OS ten Yosemite gets a thumbs up at this point. Michael. Oh yeah, total thumbs up. Michael, know what else gets a thumbs up? Squarespace get a thumbs up, don't they? They we do. Love Squarespace. This episode of the prompt is of course brought to you by the fine folks over at Squarespace. They are the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website, portfolio, and online store. For a free trial and 10% off, visit squarespace.com and enter the offer code KOALA, K-O-A-L-A, at checkout. A better web starts with your website. Stephen, get ready because I'm going to ask you something in a moment. I'm ready. So Squarespace, they do some great stuff. They provide you with a platform that makes it really simple and really easy to get your own website online. If you've seen all this stuff that's been happening this week and you're like, do you know what? I want to blog now because all this stuff is really interesting and I want to talk about it. Go to Squarespace, choose one of their beautiful design templates. You can easily create your pages by dragging and dropping things around. You know, you want to, this is where I want the blog to be. This is where I want a gallery to be. You can drag all that in. If you get stuck with anything, they have 24-7 customer support through their live chat and email. They have teams located in New York City and Dublin to help you with that. And you can very easily get yourself set up. You can blog from your iPhone, your iPad. They have great apps there. They also have an Android app as well. Uh, We have responsive design across the entire suite. So your fantastic new blog about uh, Swift will look great on the Mac. It will look great on the iPad. It will look great on the iPhone 2. This week, they announced uh, a bunch of new uh, Typekit fonts. They, they integrate Typekit fonts right in so you can pick a beautiful uh, font or typography for your site. Well, they've added a bunch of new ones and they've, they've detailed them all on their blog. They look absolutely fantastic. But Stephen, there was something that I wanted to just very, very quickly talk to you about because I've seen you over the last couple of days because you're, you, you have five tool pixels on Squarespace and you wanted to go in and add a banner image, a new banner image. Now, you know a little bit of CSS, right? Can you just very quickly explain what you did so I can just show people that you could be someone like me who doesn't understand how to code, and you can go on Squarespace and make something look fantastic. But if you have a bit more knowledge, you are able to go in and tinker with it. Yeah, so, you know, the banner image I added through their standard theme editor. editor. You can go in and, and edit your theme completely with drag and drop and with, and with radio buttons and a really nice UI. But you can drop into custom CSS and override things. And so I used a new banner image, but it was tall on mobile because it's using cover and cover resizes things automatically. And I wanted to tweak the way that worked. So I was able to go in and add my own CSS. Just, it's, it's full CSS, so I did it just for iPhone and changed the way that image and the way those that typefaces work in the header for my mobile visitors. It's simple enough and it looked great. I wanted to tweak it just a little bit and it gave me the power to do that. Every Squarespace website also comes with the ability to add Squarespace Commerce, thank you, Stephen, um, where you can basically add an online store to any Squarespace site. Now, you can go and sign up for a free trial with no credit card required and start booting your website today. And when you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure that you use the offer code Koala, as K-O-A-L-A, and it's going to get you 10% off your first purchase and show your support for this show, The World's Greatest Podcast. Thank you so much to Squarespace for supporting 5x5 and The Prompt. at Squarespace, where a better web starts with your website. Guys, we've been doing this a year next week. And Koala has been around since episode one. It's crazy. And I, and I wanted to say that there's no new timer Koala thing for... for well, we uh, haven't spoken about then. anything yet. There might be something. You just haven't said it yet. Nah, well, yeah, no. <laughs> say, say the name of OS Ten for me. Yosemite? Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's well, pretty good. You do, you do good. We had some people, a couple people at the 5x5 listener party the other night ask us who 
Koala Singh is. And we don't know. I don't know. Like, I'm not... Yeah. As, as you not, still don't know? It's no. BS. We, have, we really don't know. He did give me some helpful advice when I was stuck in the Chicago airport on Sunday, which is interesting. Mm. So we've narrowed it down to... At least the, the eastern seaboard. Chicago's in like the middle of the country. The mi- middle seaboard. Geography. <laughs> How does it work? Oh, I don't know. America. Right, photos. I want to talk about this very quickly. So what we have now is a brand new iCloud photo library, which is doing a bunch of stuff. So I want to run through some things that I found interesting. So we're looking at full resolution image storage. So iCloud photo library will take any images that you have on any device and upload them in their full resolution in their original formats, including raw files. If they're coming off the Mac. Um, you, they no longer are storing photos on the device like in PhotoStream. So I won't have yes. to delete 900 <laughs> megabytes of images. In, I had to... to delete 1,000 images to make space on my iPad to put a movie on. There's no Did you see my screenshot with uh, zero bytes available yesterday? Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> there <Yeah>. we go. <laughs> and so I had to go in and tap every single image because you can't... In photo stream? Cause, yeah, because you can't mass delete it. But buddy, you can't do it. You're, gonna, you're looking at me like you can do it. You can't, trust me. You, I went into settings, went into usage. There's no way to remove it. It's not like a movie. Photos. You could probably turn photo stream off. I'm going to turn photo stream off on my phone, just yeah, that, live. That probably would have done it, actually. Turning off photo stream will delete all photo stream photos from your iPhone. <sighs> when I put this in our group meet that I, I was doing this. Can I just this, do a screenshot of this for the show notes? When I, when I people, said to you. Where can people find the show notes? 5x5.tv slash prompt slash 51. I didn't think about it till then. When I told you I just I was thought do- about it. <laughs> he does these things, so I will say them on the show, and then he can make me look like an it's idiot. It's really not... Actually, was when when you were doing the ad read. I actually had my phone out because I wanted to back up to iCloud manually because it's been on LTE all week, and uh, we have Wi-Fi here at New Relic. And uh, it just hit me that you could probably just turn it off. I, I'm very sorry. <laughs> I will buy you one thousand things. Um, That's what I need. I want for every image. Some blue bottles. So, it, what's really interesting about the photo stuff to me, and to your point about storage, and you know, we've talked endlessly about. An 8-gig iPhone is ridiculous. It seems like, and again, it was very fast, and more details will be coming, but it seems like I can view my whole library, whether it's on the device or the cloud, and it's a sort of a seamless experience, and that's really what I want. I want a seamless experience and not have to necessarily worry about, is this particular piece of information, whether it be a file or an image or whatever it might be, is it on my little local SSD or my local storage on my iPad? Or is it in North Carolina at the iCloud data center? It should be seamless. And like that's the promise of iCloud, like that it sort of doesn't really matter anymore. And of course, there's data connectivity and all sorts of things to worry about. But it really seems like I could carry around my entire, you know, my entire iPhone library is like 70 something gigabytes and yeah. it's all on Dropbox and it's expensive, but it works. And yeah. I can open something like, uh, what is it? Unbound is the iOS Dropbox photo viewer. And like, it's, they're all in the cloud and just loads them up. And like, that's a really nice experience. And for Apple to do that as a first party solution, I'm all for. I have so much rubbish going into my Dropbox right now, like screenshots that I take. And because it goes into the folders, I don't really go through and look through them. So having I, like something like iCloud, where it's just got a list of stuff and I can just go in and delete them by just looking at them. Um, that's going to be good for me because I have so much just crap in my <laughs> Dropbox right now of, of images. That's because you you don't use camera sync to upload. Yeah, I, I the Dropbox app uploads all of mine yeah. automatically. Automatically, I like I like everything to be done without me having to do anything. 
so I don't right. forget anything. Mm. I don't get anything wrong. But then you got to go to your computer and clean them out. That's yeah. what I do. I have yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, because you shouldn't have to to upload photos. Shouldn't shouldn't have to do anything, right? I shouldn't have to. Yeah. It should just be done for me. So I really like the search stuff so that you'll be searching by metadata. Yeah, I'm going to leave that alone and not <laughs> share what that was in reference to. Uh, search is cool. I like that because most of the time I have a r- – if I'm looking for an image, I have a rough idea of a place or a time. So just searching by metadata with, with me typing it in I think is a, a pretty good way to do things. Um, a Mac app is coming next year. Hopefully we'll – Why so late? Why not – because I was like four engineers, like that's your launch with iOS eight. Yeah, I don't get that. And, and that was strange, right? Yeah. I mean, although my my there actual a, there might be a public beta of it. Well, though. my actual it probably will be, but my actual reason thinking is that if it if I start with just my iOS images, that's not very many, and Apple can scale this thing up. But if on day one, a hundred million people upload seventy gigabytes of images, that's a really good thought. Probably yeah. going to fall down because so that's I'm going to take point. my external hard drive that I uploaded to Everpix. So yeah. like the thousands of like seven years worth of photos on there. I'm going to upload it all. Right. I'm going to buy a camera extension kit, whatever the name, camera connection kit. Yeah. And, and take everything. I've got one. I mean, it's 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 handy to be able to up, uh, you know if you just have your iPad to to take things off an SD card. Yeah. So the so you guys you guys going to buy a subscription? Oh, definitely. It's so cheap. How much is it? It's like. Two ninety nine a month for two hundred gigs. Yeah, I was kind of hoping they would, uh, you know, bring up the free search to ten gigs instead yeah, of five. Five gigs is way too small, I, I, especially because we're going to be putting everything in here now. In theory, I think at some point the free one has to grow because five gigabytes might not be enough to show people what it can do. They might, they might do something different with the new iPhones. You know, if the new iPhones start off at a higher gig, they might raise, it, they might raise it, but they don't want to do it now because they might be tipping their hands or something they're going to do yeah. later. I do. Wish, but, yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, limits are better than no solution at all. Sure. So I'll take, I'll take the solution with the limits. Yeah, because this is like, this is one of those things where it feels like they're just doing this to help us out. Because it's clearly not going to make money. Because it's been proven that people can't make money doing this, and Apple are doing it cheaper than anybody else did. Well, it's it's Apple is a Apple makes their money in hardware, yeah. and so if they make their hardware more valuable. Then maybe this just needs to break even. Yeah, if that. I mean, I mean, you know, Beats was like bought with money they found, like in the sofa cushions. Like it's it's not forever picks. Yes, it's a lot yeah. of money, and they went out of business. But Apple we, has a uh, lot longer runway. Should we call Dre back in now? <laughs> Got his number, right? Should I just call him in? Yeah, Federico, call- can you can you call Dre for us, please? Um, sure. <laughs> so yeah, so. Photos, I think, again, another thumbs up from us. You know, we've talked at more than any other podcast in the world, it feels like, about photo management. And I think Apple, once we get our hands on it, we can speak a lot more intelligently. But from what they've shown, I'm I'm optimistic. I, this is exactly what I wanted. Like, they gave me what I wanted. Do you feel like yeah, that, Federica? It, it feels like it's just the right thing to do. And, um, yeah, like you said, we'll we'll wait uh, before we can try this, but it's basically everything that I wanted, with the exception of you know minor stuff like uh, a dedicated screenshot album or maybe uh, a new uh, map uh, view to view all your photos on a map. That, that's really uh, details. The, the basic stuff is what I wanted. It, it's simple, no confusion, all your photos in on a single library. So thumbs up, App Store. 
kind of the last thing because there's no point talking about Swift. Like, it's I'm happy that it exists, but I don't think that we have much to say on it. That's intelligent. Uh, but the App Store and developer changes—they're pretty big. And and I know that we're probably going to look at trying to cover this next week. Um, we're trying to line up a very very special guest to come onto the show next week to talk about the App Store in more detail. Right, so we'll get a developer's perspective. But some some interesting tidbits that I've seen today. Um, like for example, like there's I think there's a session going on. It was a session going on just before we recorded Vericon. I don't know if you saw any of this, but people I saw some people tweeting. So now there's going to be like true analytics for developers. Like they can see yeah. where people are coming from to download their application, which kind of seems insane that it's taken this amount of time, like for something like this to happen. Uh, but I'm really, really pleased that it has. You know? Like yeah. we're at a time now where developers can go in and see that, oh, Mac Stories drove this amount of traffic. Yeah. You know? It's going to be huge for advertising, huge for publishers. And it's again, it, you know, it's they're, they haven't reinvented the app store. It's not, holy cow, we threw away all of it and started over. But that things like the revised search, you know, they have editor's choice kind of sprinkled deeper in. Like it's all just improvements. And um, yeah, looking forward to talking more more about that with with some developers soon. Yeah, we got we got to let that settle in a little bit. Videos in the app store is a cool thing. Um, I'm happy about that. That's kind of like the one thing that I'm looking at. I'm like, yeah, that was great. And I know that you must be happy, Federico, about what looks like they're doing more curation. Yeah, the, I'm ex- especially excited about the Explore section, uh, which replaces the Near Me uh, tab on the App Store. Oh, that we nobody The prompt curse killed Near Me apps. Yeah. No, it's not really killed. Hold on. Basically, Near Me is going to be uh, integrated into the Explore section at the top <laughs> and then so uh, explore will feature uh, <laughs> banners at the top right. uh, below banners uh, near me recommendations and after near me apps um basically uh, a list of categories and subcategories to browse the app store for specific kinds of apps like uh, productivity to-do management gtd that sort of uh, filters to organize the app store which i'm super Happy about it's what because, you wanted. Uh, it's I believe it's needed. Yeah, it's what you wanted. Yeah. Is there anything else that we want to add today? You know, I just want to. I think the overall theme here we talked about at the beginning a little bit is just that people are, you know, developers, people in our circles, are excited, and that Apple feels feels confident. Apple feels um, like they. Clearly, this stuff has been in the works for a long time. Swift, uh, apparently since 2010. You know, a lot of stuff that they showed has been a long time coming. And in hindsight, it's always easy to, to, to draw the line and see how we got here. But a lot of it was a surprise. You know, the fact that they kept a programming language secret for four years is insane. The fact that this stuff with iOS and extensions and all this handoff stuff, all that was a surprise. And I've, you know, I I like that. I, I like the the Apple that can come out on stage and can blow hair back for two hours and basically drop the mic and walk off, which is yep. more or less what Craig Federighi did. And this is what we wanted. Like this is what we wanted to see. We wanted to be surprised and excited and delighted, and that's what we that's what we got. Absolutely. What about you, Federighi? Yeah, I agree, and anything? especially the fact that developers who are now coming out of the sessions 
uh, I see all these tweets and I'm getting the messages about the mind-blowing stuff that are being yeah. shown People by are pumped engineers. Up. They are like really excited here. Yes. Uh, so yeah, yeah, it's it's an exciting moment because uh, of all the new possibilities for apps and and ways that people can get work done that all these announcements are are opening up and uh, yeah, very very happy. So of course we're going to have so much more about all of this. Um, we've got some cool stuff planned for next week, and there's still a bunch of things in our document that we haven't even really touched, like. We need to go in a lot more detail, but also we need to let it sit. Like, I'm pleased that we recorded today and not Monday because it's taken this long just to get this much into my brain. Everything else, like, I'm still, like, I'm I'm not 100% sure how I feel about things and I've got lots so much stuff to think about. So I hope that you, everybody listening is excited as we are because there's going to be a lot to talk about between now and four. Um, I would like to thank my lovely co-hosts. Thank you, Mr. Stephen Hackett, for being right here with me today. You're, you're very welcome. And Mr. Federico Fatici, thank you for dialing in from the, the beautiful country of Italy, as always. Well, that, that's what I always do, so you're welcome, Mike. Uh, again, I want to thank New Relic for helping us out today. I want to thank Linda and Squarespace for making this show possible. If you want to catch up with us online, there's a couple of ways you can do that. If you want to find the show, we are at underscore the prompt, T-H-E-P-R-O-M-P-T. You can also find today's show notes at 5x5.tv slash prompt slash 51. I am on Twitter. I am iMike. I am Y-K-E. Federico is at Vitici, V-I-T-I-C-C-I, and he writes at maxstories.net and has loads of incredible coverage of what's been happening this week. Federico, you've been knocking out of the park. No problem. And <laughs> and Stephen is uh, at ISMH, and he writes at 512pixels.net. We'll be back next week for our one-year anniversary episode of The Prompt. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back next time. Bye-bye. Arrivederci. Adios.